Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris live and local on News Talk KBOI. Good morning and welcome to a Monday. Good morning and welcome to May. Yeah. Today is May Day. May Day. May Day. I don't know what that means. It's, uh, well, it, it, it means you're in trouble and you're in a plane. But it also <laughs> it also means that uh, it, it's it's a, a big national holiday in Russia. Uh, but it's oh it's, great now we're now we're celebrating Russian holidays. What's next? Well, vodka probably, but it's uh, not a big deal in the United States except that uh, it, it used to be a, a tradition where on May Day you go and leave like baskets of goodies on your neighbors or friends' porches. You know, ring the bell and then run or something like that, and don't light them on fire. That's a whole different thing. <laughs> What do they what do they call that now because uh, what you used to call it is offensive or a prank um I don't know ding yeah ding ding dong run and hide I don't know I remember I don't know. doing it's it's not it's not the best idea in the world especially if you you know have neighbors who have a hard time getting around I remember in uh, school all those years ago doing may baskets mm-hmm. um, you know in in elementary school you would you would make up, you know, paper flowers and doing that. I remember right. that, but I don't remember the knocking on doors and dropping them off on neighbors. Probably. Well, uh, you, lived in a, you lived in a smaller town than I did. Well, I'm I'm wondering if it's because, um, you know, the distance between yeah. us and our closest neighbor Your was neighbor. a mile. Exactly. <laughs> not not going to definitely be our doing nearest, that. Our nearest neighbor lived about <laughs> 25 feet away. Um, underway this morning, by the way. This is this is my own personal feelings. I don't know how you feel about it. Uh, when the Idaho Steelheads la- left a week ago down 0-2, I didn't think that they would be returning to Boise. Sorry. Uh, I know they've been really good, mm-hmm. record-setting. It's been an amazing year. But when they went down 0-2 and then were traveling to uh, Utah having to uh, win a couple of games to even come back to Boise, yeah. I thought, uh that's not, they could be out. Shock of shocks, they won three straight overtime games mm-hmm. in Utah to bring the first round of the playoffs for the Steelheads home with a chance to clinch tonight. Right. They, and, have, two, they have to win one of two games. And if you're listening, which if you're hearing this, you are, um, that's how it works apparently, there's good news for you. We have... Six pair of tickets, apparently, to give away to tonight's game. All right. I'll have to recount. I I was told six pair. Maybe there might be less than that. I'll have to count here. I see four envelopes. I know we have. Is it four? I thought it was. Yeah, I thought it was like one. Okay, four pair. One per hour. Yeah. Um, So we have tickets to give away all morning long. As a matter of fact, your first chance to win is going to be coming up. Sometime soon. Mm-hmm. Be ready to call 208 336 3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless, and you'll be able to win. Caller number six will win those. Don't call now, but I will tell you for those who are up early listening to us this morning, you will have your first chance to win, and we'll be giving away right. a pair of tickets every single hour this morning to the Idaho Steelheads game. Win and they move on tonight. Lose and game seven. That's clinching game seven series will be happening tomorrow night. Now, normally you hear that and you go, oh, well, this should be easy. They just have to win one of two. (laughs) However, the Steelheads have not won a playoff game at home yet. Not yet, no. As a matter of fact, Utah and the Steelheads, neither one have won a playoff game at home. 
and pretty absolutely crazy that the the facts that all three games went to overtime, and yeah. the same team won. the 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 visiting team won all three yeah, that's games. That's a, a little on the fluky side, isn't it? Yeah, just a little bit. Uh, another thing we're going to be talking about: another bank went under yesterday. Well, it was over the weekend. Well, they got, um, they got bought out now. Well, well yeah, but that so means they were forced to be sold out because they went under. Um, J.P. Morgan Chase and Company will buy First Republic Bank, who right. we've been reporting for weeks, have been in trouble. Apparently, some people must have seen this last week because you remember J.P. Morgan Chase dropped, what was it, 60% stock oh, yeah. price in one day. I think it was Wednesday or Thursday of last week. So apparently and even, and even people they saw tell this people, coming. And even though they tell people the, the worst thing you can do is go take all your money out, people are like, well, I'm going to do that anyway. Yeah. Um, didn't matter because now J.P. Morgan Chase has bought them, out yeah. all the all the assets, and apparently there were three banks that were uh, bidding. Um, this, by the way, is the third bank in the last two months to go under. Silicon Valley Bank started it all off, followed by Signature Bank, and uh, Sweat, uh, Credit Suisse. You'll remember mm-hmm. was uh, has bought rival USB in a state engineered takeover. First Republic Bank shares tumbled 43% of pre-market trading before it were being halted. The stock uh, lost 90 97% of its value. Really? Since its high last, I think August, it was trading at $170. And over the weekend that had fallen down to like 7 or $8 if I remember correctly. If you were selling short, I guess you made money on this, right? Well, sure. Probably I've never done that in my life though. So millions. no, I didn't make any money. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't understand that. <laughs> the only thing that scares, and we'll, we'll talk with Jeremiah Bates about me uh, about this a little bit later. I, I think you've seen the movie Too Big to Fail. Did you mm-hmm. see that movie? I did. That's the scary thing about this. It is, it is in fact, yes. I just watched this last month, Too Big to Fail, and I, I'm not, I'm not trying to be hyperbolic i'm not trying to say oh this this is exactly what happened back in 2008 2009 but man oh man are there similarities Mm -hmm. go ahead and say it i mean i don't think it'll be a big big deal if you do i it's pretty much the same thing that happened back yeah yeah it's it now i don't i don't necessarily know that it's as large a scale as it was back in 2008 and 2009 or not however this is some of the similar things that you saw with the government working behind the scenes to force private banks to take over banks who are in trouble and bail them out mm-hmm. until they there weren't enough banks to take over the banks that needed bailing out. What was it? we uh, of, of all of what happened in 2008, 2009, they ended up letting one bank fail? Yeah, but, but not because... I think there were more banks that, that failed, but... It got to the or point, bailed out, yeah. yeah, bailed out. It, it got to the point where um, there weren't weren't enough money in the private sector to bail out the banks who were in trouble, and that's where the federal government finally had to s- step in. And when, when I say the federal government, I mean you but and the, I. But the good news is, a lot of people went to prison. No, wait, no one did. <laughs> exactly. Probably the same here. I we'll find out. Um, like I said, the 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 scary part about this. This is the third bank in two months who has uh, gone under. So um, First Republic Bank no longer exists and uh, bought out by uh, J.P. Morgan. We'll uh, find out what this means. Do your bank get a bank down under? The stock market uh, doesn't seem um, 
too upset by it. Uh, we'll give you an update on what it's looking like ahead of the uh, trading. But uh, stocks are are fairly strong, uh, unless of course you own uh, First Republic. That stock's not doing too good. <laughs> KBOI Newstime is 6.15. Time for our first check on what's going on with sports this morning. It's brought to you by Pork Belly and Cuba, the place to go every day, Monday through Sunday for lunch. Check out their menu, porkbellyidaho.com. We can start with a little Boise State football in a roundabout sort of way. For the 14th year in a row, the Boise State football team has had at least one player chosen in the NFL draft, which concluded over the weekend. More on that with Bob Beeler today. The Broncos had to wait until the sixth round to have a player taken. And then there were two selections. Safety J.L. Skinner went to Denver at pick number 183, while defensive tackle Scott Matlock went to the Chargers at number 200. Four other Broncos have signed undrafted free agent contracts. Offensive tackle John Ujuku and safety Tyreek Jones with the Titans. Cornerback Caleb Biggers with the Browns. And defensive end George Tarlis with the Raiders. All six report to minicamps later this month. Bob Beeler, News Talk KBOI. There were also two NBA playoff games played yesterday. Golden State takes down the Sacramento Kings and wins their series four games to three after a 120-100 to win in Sacramento yesterday. Steph Curry with a 50-point performance in that game. The Miami Heat also defeated the New York Knicks 108-101. to That was a 1-0 lead now in their series. I'm Rick Worthington. For your Google Play, simply say, hey Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. What month is it? Wait, what what month is it? What month is it? It's May. What day is it? May 1st. This is May Day. May Day. May Day. Think positive, think positive. I can do that. All right. Let's get this show on the road. Showtime. It's going to be May. It is May Day. First day of May. Um, And starting off the month, another beautiful day. Although not quite as hot as yesterday, still expecting highs around 80, which is 10 degrees cooler than it was yesterday. Absolutely obliterating a uh, record for heat on April 30th yesterday uh, by 10 degrees. uh, or I'm sorry, by 6 degrees. 84 was the uh, official previous all-time high yesterday in Boise, Mm -hmm. 90 degrees. The the only time I looked at the at the temperature yesterday, it was about I don't know about two o'clock in the afternoon, and it was uh, eighty eight. It's warm this morning. I mean, we're sitting at sixty right now. It's right. May first. Yeah. Um, few days of uh, warm weather, and then we'll cool down uh, again. And uh, some rain showers expected later in the week, uh, probably around Thursday. Were um, you uh, Were you awake at all last night for the uh, thunder and lightning experience? I was not. Oh, I was. Turned on my air conditioner for the first time this weekend. So we started hearing these claps of thunder. What is that? Something going on in the neighborhood? Because we hadn't heard claps of thunder in so long. We'd basically forgotten what they sound like. Last week, I did see um, thunder and lightning storm on my way to work, but it mm. was uh, way to the west. So, I mean, it never came here, but I did see the uh, lightning. So And we had the wind. I mean, f- for a, a short time, the wind was really gusty. What do you mean for a short time? Uh, I, I was going to say, it's only been a short time that we haven't had gusty well, winds okay. this spring. No, no, really gusty. Not not the usual gusty. Uh, by the way, in addition to today being May 1st, this coincides, early voting for the May 16th election begins today in Ada County. Ballots will feature issues, including the CUNA Library District, Meridian Library, and West Ada School District. 
It uh, will not include all Ada County voters, however. Voters are encouraged, if you live in Ada County, to visit Ada County Elections website, adacounty.id.gov forward slash elections. Under the voter information drop-down menu, select view my ballot or where to vote to be directed to the polling place locator and display uh, also a sample ballot. Voting will be available in Ada County Elections Office, Boise City Hall, Meridian City Hall, and Eagle Public Library. Anyone who is not registered to vote may register and vote at any one of those locations by bringing a photo ID and proof of residence. Early voting locations will be open um, beginning today from 8 until 5 and continue up until May 12th. Absentee ballot drop box locations will be available at Ada County Elections. Meridian City Hall, Boise City Hall, CUNA City Hall, Star City Hall, and Eagle City Hall. So once again, this is for early voting, upcoming May 16th election. Early voting will happen between now and May 12th. Well, not right now. 8 a.m. this morning. Yeah. 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 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless if you want to get through and take part in the show. Always encourage. Uh, once again, you can also email us, chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com. Stick around. We have tickets on the way all morning long, every single hour. Idaho Central Arena tonight. The Idaho Steelheads take on the Utah Grizzlies. Game six, Idaho wins. Series over. They move on to the next round of the playoffs. If you want to be there, listen in. Sometime here within the next 15 minutes, we will have your chance to get those tickets. Uh, Just want to make sure that you know these are hard tickets, and you will need to pick them up at our radio station by 5 o'clock this afternoon for tonight's game. But stick around, your first chance to win. On the way within 15 minutes here on News Talk KBOI. For your Google Play, simply say, Hey Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 6... 33. Good morning. He's Chris Walton. I'm Mike Casper. Thanks for listening in. Phone lines always open at 208-336-3700. 1-800-529-5264. And if you have a Verizon wireless phone, pound 670 if you want to get through and take part in the show. Always encourage. Those are also important numbers to remember. Like I said, we have tickets. The Idaho Steelheads coming up here shortly that we'll be giving away this morning. Also on the way a little bit later, Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question. Today we have Jackson Country Stomp tickets coming up for you. We'll give the details on that and your chance to win those tickets coming up uh, about 820 this morning with the Casper and Chris. Damn near impossible question. Uh, huge thank you to everybody who showed up on Friday for our hometown breakfast, brought to you by Cloverdale Plumbing in Nampa. Got a chance to meet quite a few people, gave away some prizes, had a delicious breakfast. Uh, we're back at it again this Friday, headed to Eagle. First time this year that we've been in Eagle. And as a matter of fact, first time in uh, two, maybe three years that we have been at this location, we are headed to the Griddle. Hmm in uh, eagle love the griddle oh griddle is so good and uh we will be there um i may have to have some of the same stuff that i had last week for the first time ever i had um waffles for the hometown breakfast Mm -hmm. pecan waffles and the griddle by the way known for their pecan crepes and their pecan crusted french toast also their pancakes i mean as the the name griddle would indicate Mm -hmm. but i'm i'm specifically talking about the times I've gone, and I go there just for the pecan style. Gotcha. Crepes, pancakes, and waffles. Um, that's really known for that. And then, of course, uh, like their pecan crepes, they have bacon caramel sauce. You add that into it, and you just can't go wrong. 
We'll be there this coming Friday morning uh, from 6 until 10. Invite you to join us. It's another hometown breakfast brought to you by Cloverdale Plumbing. Once again, plan on being at the griddle in, keep it in mind, it is Eagle, all right? Not 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 any of the others. This not, is specifically not, the one. Not the one off of uh, Overland and Meridian. No, or or the one in Nampa either. So um, the specifically the one in Eagle. Make plans to join us coming up here this Friday morning. Once again, hometown breakfast brought to you by Cloverdale Plumbing. The Great One, Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 641, it is 61. Yes, I said 61 degrees in downtown Boise. It's going to be another warm one today, although not as warm as uh, yesterday, setting uh, all-time record for highs on April 30th yesterday. At 90 degrees, good thing we're not going to see a couple of weeks of 90 degrees or uh, in addition to the flooding we've seen so far in the Boise River. Um, probably couldn't see uh, a, a little bit more, although even with the warm temperatures we're having, it's supposed to cool down later this week, not a whole bunch. Um, and we're supposed to see rain showers on uh, Thursday, which if you get rain showers in the mountain as opposed to uh, snow, that means that's going to be melting the <laughs> snow that is up there. Talking to a guy the other day and he says, you know, I, I spent most of my uh, life in Arizona, and I moved up here, and I thought, wow, this this is the greatest thing in the world, you know, four seasons. <laughs> and and the fact that you can experience them, like, all in one day is cool, too. And he, the crazy part is he's not wrong. No, he's not. Yeah. Uh, drafts happening over the weekend. Any surprises? Surprises? Yeah. I mean, um, I know your, your, your team is the, uh, the uh, Washington, Washington Commanders, com- commanders yeah. as they're known now. They... Short up their uh, defense, got some good players, and um, uh, got, a, got a new center, which is good. Here's what I don't like. Seattle Seahawks were one of two ge- teams to receive an A grade. Which, that, which means what? Kiss of death. Oh, okay. Last, last year, they were criticized. They got a C grade for last year's draft. After the draft, um, when they did a redraft here uh, earlier this year, they received an A+. <laughs> So if they get an A now, that means probably by the end of the year, uh, not going to be too good. Gotcha. We'll wait and see. Philadelphia got the only uh, A-plus, by the way. Uh, Eagles just kept getting stronger. Boise State, I, I was surprised that J.L. Skinner dropped to the sixth round, but I was glad I was actually shocked by that. I was glad Scott Matlock got chosen as well. And he got to go where, uh, I know he's a defensive player, and he got to go where Kellen Moore is. Even though Kellen Moore is the offensive coordinator, they'll see one another. Um, I was shocked at J.L. Skinner, and I think J.L. Skinner was also shocked. I, I listened to a video of him. He was mad, um, which I, it usually is a good thing. You're you're mad that you fell to the sixth round right? because there were predictions he could go as high as the second, but he had received third and fourth round grades. And you go, oh, well, he still got drafted. He's, why is he upset? Well, it, it probably cost him um, three, four hundred, five hundred thousand dollars, which yeah. is a, a lot of money. Well, and he's even said that uh, people who play against him, uh, you know, early like in practice and stuff, will realize the chip that he has on his mm-hmm. shoulder because they will be able to feel it. Which is good news. And I, I don't know if you think this. If he wouldn't have got injured. And he tore a pectoral muscle right before the Boise Combine and wasn't able to do Boise Combine, or that Boise Combine, uh, the uh, football Combine, yeah. and he wasn't able to do Boise Pro Day because of his injury. I think that had to do something with him 
um, sliding all the way down into the sixth round. But um, but uh, as you heard earlier this morning, Caleb Biggers goes to the Browns, Tyreek Jones, and John Ajuku. I thought Ajuku might be uh, picked sixth or seventh round, but didn't. He goes to the Titans. George Tarlis goes to the uh, Raiders. He was injured first few games of the uh, season last year. I think he could have had a really, he was off to a really good start. Played uh, high school football, basketball for Caldwell and then uh, switched over to uh, Boise High School uh, before he finished out his career. When when Skinner got drafted, the first thing I thought was, oh good, he doesn't even have to, you know, change the color of his clothing. (laughs) Gone to the Broncos again. Yeah, and Boise State players have had a lot of good luck with the... uh, with the Denver Broncos, too. KBY Newstime, 645. You want to weigh in on uh, your thoughts in the draft? The Boise State players that went there, please feel free to do so. Right now, there is other sports going on. Time for this update brought to you by Pork Belly and Cuna. Don't forget to follow them on Facebook. Why? Because those people who follow them on Facebook get in on some specials that nobody else knows about unless you follow them on social media. So follow them on Facebook today. And then, of course, get in for breakfast or lunch. Pork Belly and Cuna opens at 7 this morning. Hey, good news for the Boise State softball team. They won their first Mountain West Championship of the 22-23 school year. And Bob Beeler has more on that for us today. The men's tennis team won its fifth Mountain West title and first since winning four straight in 2012 to 2015 by beating Utah State 4-2 Saturday. The NCAA tournament will start on Friday, and the Broncos will find out their draw later this afternoon. And the Boise State softball team beat San Diego State 9-6 to on Sunday to go 1-2 and over the weekend. The Aztecs finished conference play 16-6. and Boise State, now 14-4, and will finish with three games this weekend at Fresno State. They'll need to win two to claim the regular season title. Bob Beeler, News Talk KBOI. And if you're a Seattle sports fan, this is a pretty big one for you because the Seattle Kraken have knocked off the world champs. Seattle on the near side, foot race for the puck. Here comes Krogstrand, up the left side, walks in, scores! Oh, B, oh my, Oliver Bjorkstrand from the left circle. He rings the doorbell and in, 2-0, 1238 to play in the second. Oh, do you like apples? How about them apples? The call there on KJRAM, the Kraken went on to beat the Avs by a score of 2-1. to one. I'm Rick Worthington. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. 6.58, Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question coming up here for you this morning, 8 o'clock hour, about 8.20. I'll have a chance to uh, pick up tickets to the Jackson's Country Stomp. It's going to be going on Friday, June 16th, Ford Idaho Center, 6 p.m. Jackson's Country Stomp features Jake Owen, special guest Kylie Morgan, Frank Ray, and Sawyer Brown. We have a chance for you to pick up your free tickets this morning. By answering our Casper and Chris damn near impossible question, brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty, a local company with the global network. If you need to buy, sell, uh, you want to invest in real estate, no matter what it has to do with real estate, they can help. One phone call, 208-888-4128. Our question today to win the Jackson Country Stomp tickets, the chainsaw, we all know, used to cut down trees, cut other wood products. That's not originally what it was invented for. It was invented by a German band, but man, but not to cut wood. Our question today, what was the very first chainsaw 
invented to be used well, for. What was he going for? What was he going for? If you know the answer, stick around. Coming up here at 8.20, first person to answer that question uh, will get themselves tickets to the Jackson Country Stomp. Also, as promised, we have tickets to the Idaho Steelheads. Who thought the Idaho Steelheads would be still in play coming home for game number six? Not only coming home for game number six, coming home and able to wrap it up in game number six. Uh, we've got tickets for you tonight's game. Caller number six right now at 208-336-3700. Those tickets are yours if you're caller number six. Tonight at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. The third bank to fail in the U.S. since March. Financial regulators seizing control of First Republic Bank and striking a deal to sell it off. J.P. Morgan Chase acquiring all deposits and substantially all assets held by California-based First Republic, including 84 First Republic branches that will reopen as J.P. Morgan branches. J.P. Morgan CEO saying in a statement, our government invited us and others to step up, and we did. 208 336 3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. For those keeping score at home, this is the third bank to fail in the last two months. Signature Bank, uh, one of the other banks that uh, failed at the time, second largest bank ever to fail. You could tell how important this uh, was over the weekend. They were trying to get this all finalized and done by this morning. Mm hmm to stop a free fall in the stock market if this wouldn't have been done by this morning. As part of the deal, J.P. Morgan will make a payment of $10.6 billion to the U.S. Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, FDIC, as part of a deal to buy most of San Francisco-based lenders' assets. The bank has also entered into a loss-share agreement with the FDIC on single-family, residential, and commercial loans it bought, but will not take First Republic Bank's corporate debt or preferred stock. So if you're a stockholder, uh, you're SOL. <laughs> if you have loans with the bank, still going to be covered. Mm-hmm. If you have money with the bank, still going to be covered. That was part of the big problem yeah. over the last few weeks. Apparently... About a hundred billion, with a B, hundred billion dollars, right? In money was withdrawn from the bank from you know, people who had deposits. And, and, and they tell people that if if it looks like the bank is about to fail, uh, do not you know make a run on the bank and start uh, withdrawing all your money because that will guarantee the bank will fail. And yet people do it mm-hmm. just out of self preservation. Well, and I guess you, I, I guess I could understand it. If you had more than what's what's the limit? FDIC insures two hundred fifty thousand. Yeah, two hundred fifty thousand per hundred for years. Yeah, and that's per depositor. So if you have a husband and a wife, uh, it's two hundred fifty thousand per person. So you're insured for five hundred thousand dollars by the federal government. So if you're a single person and you have you know a hundred thousand dollars, which is a lot of money, I get it, but your your money is guaranteed. So. Uh, I don't understand the part. It's like, hey, if you guys make a run on this bank, yeah. it's going to make a bank that's in trouble 
insolvent and your bank will no longer exist. Now, well, you, I, you, I get it. It's like, well, how do I know for sure the government's going yeah, to? Yeah, ex- exactly. Even though it's guaranteed, you think to yourself, gee, has the government ever messed up before? <laughs> uh, maybe I should just go get all my money. And that's what a lot of people do. We mentioned this a little bit earlier. Jeremiah Bates will be with us here in a few minutes and talk about this particular thing, what this what this means. And I know some of you listening this morning are going, well, I didn't have money. I don't. I didn't do business with Republic Bank. This mm. doesn't affect me. Well, no. it kind of does, especially now In, if you do indirectly. business with J.P. Morgan. Exactly, indirectly. And that's Chase Bank, by the way, for those of you who have uh, tried out different credit cards in your life. Chase Bank, J.P. Morgan Chase has a lot of credit card debt. You probably, if you would check your credit cards, I know we do, have at least maybe one credit card. Mm-hmm. That, that, that could possibly affect you. It also affects the fact that this is the third bank to fail in the last two months, it affects the whole banking industry. How this affects you personally on a day-to-day basis, can't answer that question, but Jeremiah Bates is going to weigh in on that coming up here in uh, just a couple of minutes. Jay Birch, by the way, congratulations. Jay Birch got himself up a pair of tickets for tonight's game. Member of the Jay Birch Society. Can't believe that uh, the Steelheads are even coming back (laughs) for a game. And, and hey, I had high hopes. This is the best team by far of any ECHL hockey team, not only this year but in history. They set records for but wins. But as when they you, went as down you know, two, as you know, having rooted for the 2001 Seattle Mariners, a great regular <laughs> season sometimes does not translate to a championship. Well, it, it sure wasn't looking good when they went o two down o two at home because they set the record for most home wins also, and right. then lost their first two games to the Utah Grizzlies, but. Uh, and once again, this is kind of lucky. They won three games on the road. That's not the lucky part. The lucky part was all three games went into overtime, and all three games were won by the visiting team, yeah. the Idaho Steelheads. Which, as we said, is a little fluky. Yeah. So they get a game. They get two games at home. They they win tonight. Series is over. They don't win tonight. Uh, the series will continue tomorrow night. We have tickets. We've given away one pair. We'll have another pair of tickets coming up here uh, later this hour. If you didn't have a chance to win there, just set your speed dial 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Another thing we want to get to uh, this morning that we want to talk about, I want you to think about this. Um, Now, students around the nation became eligible for free school meals regardless of their family income back during the uh, COVID pandemic through federal money that was injected into schools. Now, while some low-income schools and school districts in Idaho have been able to keep free school lunches, others haven't, leading to a running debt for schools that allow students to eat lunch regardless of what their account balance is. For instance, West Ada School District currently owes around $60,000 for school lunches. It's according to Ken Hyde, communication and marketing specialist at West Ada School District. But thanks to community members, businesses, and organizations, the district has currently collected about 60% of that $60,000 owed. Donor organizations include groups like Sensi, Group One, Sotheby's Realty, Boise Valley, Scottish Rite, Cathedral of the Rockies, Blimpy, and more. One of the uh, big Groups that have been donating money is uh, Sensi. In the past, Sensi, for example, has made donations to organizations mm, they like. They are somewhat community involved, are they not? Yep. Feeding America, state food banks, in an effort to minimize food security. This time, though, Sensi says that they wanted to make sure that the food went directly to the children who needed food in the schools. 
They make donations now every six months through the Sensi Family Foundation. Money for the $32,000 donation to the West Ada School District's lunch debt came from Sensi's product with a purpose program. Where every product sold with a purpose, a portion of those funds go to charitable cause program to be donated every six months. Sensi donated $105,000 school district's lunch debt around the nation. Question for you here that, that I have. And children, through no fault of their own, come to school hungry, should not be turned away because they can't afford, their parents can't afford to pay for their menus, their, full, their school lunches. That's a form of socialism you're okay with. My, well, in this, is this socialism if people are donating money to cover the costs? This isn't coming from the federal government. It, it, it is still, but that's okay. It's, it's, See, now, it, my like form I said, of, it's, it's a very positive kind. Yeah, my, my, my idea of socialism is a federal government coming through to mm-hmm. pay for the lunches. Tax dollars, but it's it's being still paid. it's still collectively people's money paying for one yeah, person. But it, it's not being forced, right? True, right. Um, so that's my different definition that I have in socialism. But it does tie into it. My question is this, because that kind of leads us to where I want to go on this and get your thoughts. It, it, should this be something that we do? Make sure that no child, through any fault of their own, doesn't go hungry. Because they can't afford a school lunch lunch menu, should we, as taxpayers, be funding that? Your thoughts? Something we'll talk about this morning. Two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred pound six seventy on your Verizon wireless. If you want to get through, you can also email us Chris at kboi and Mike at kboi Let's get a check on what's going on with sports once again. Uh, once again, here's Rick Worthington. The latest update brought to you by Pork Belly and Kina. They are open. Don't forget their drive through for coffee is open too. Don't even have to get out of the car. Get into Pork Belly downtown Kuna. We can start with a little Boise State football in a roundabout sort of way. For the 14th year in a row, the Boise State football team has had at least one player chosen in the NFL draft, which concluded over the weekend. More on that with Bob Beeler today. The Broncos had to wait until the sixth round to have a player taken, and then there were two selections. Safety J.L. Skinner went to Denver at pick number 183, while defensive tackle Scott Matlock went to the Chargers at number 200. Four other Broncos have signed undrafted free agent contracts. Offensive tackle John Ujuku and safety Tyreek Jones with the Titans. Cornerback Caleb Biggers with the Browns. And defensive end George Tarlis with the Raiders. All six will report to minicamps later this month. Bob Beeler, News Talk KBOI. There were also two NBA playoff games played yesterday. Golden State takes down the Sacramento Kings and wins their series four games to three after a 120-100 to win in Sacramento yesterday. Steph Curry with a 50-point performance in that game. The Miami Heat also defeated the New York Knicks 108-101. to That was a 1-0 lead now in their series. I'm Rick Worthington. Time for the Morning Market Report. Powered by CapEd Credit Union. Keeping you informed about your money before the market opens. Sponsored by Tree City Advisors. On News Talk, KBOI, Boise. Shares of First Republic, the country's 14th largest commercial bank as of last year, plunging 75% last week after the bank reported customers withdrew more than $100 billion in deposits in the wake of the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank in March. 
Jeremiah Bates with us this morning. This is what we're talking about. Uh, put this together specifically. They wanted to get this done before the stock market opened this morning because it wouldn't have been uh, really good. Um, JP Chase, by the way, is up about 4% in uh, pre market trading. So looking at it as good news for uh, JP Morgan Chase. Jeremiah, is this uh, good news for the entire banking industry or do we still have uh, headwinds coming at us? Potential. I mean, when we're talking about headwinds, we're likely going to see more restrictive lending standards from your smaller to regional banks as a whole. But you know, I don't think this this um, this acquisition of by J.P. Morgan of First Republic Bank comes to any surprise. I mean, investors, bottom line, lost confidence last week when that. Uh, when the entry said that they lost billions in deposits of the first quarter. So really, it was just they were looking for a lifeline. Um, federal regulators came in. They they essentially uh, persuaded this deal among the bigger institution, and J.P. Morgan stepped up, which, by the way, like you said, shares of J.P. Morgan up over 4% pre-market trading. This is looked at as a relatively good deal for J.P. Morgan. This transaction ex- is expected to add to their earnings and will probably generate about 500 million more dollars of uh, net income per year just in this uh, in this transaction. So, you know, at the end of the day, are we going to continue to see more bank failures? I think the worst is behind us. I think the the banks that really had this flight of deposits and then also having some bad investments and run on deposits, I think for the lar- for the most part we've probably seen um, these smaller to regional banks see- take seen the seen the rest of it, right? But if we do see another regional bank the size of First Republic come under some pressure like like we saw in this case, we'll probably see another big boy step up and probably uh, acquire that institution and wrap it in as their own, just like we saw with J.P. Morgan and First Republic. So, I, yeah, not 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 a dull start to the new month. And by the way, we also have the Federal Reserve meeting and more more earnings coming this week, which uh, will be more fun for the market to digest. I guess uh, the good news before we let you go um, is that, you know, these these are hard to keep secrets. Rumors start to get out in advance. And as of right now, we're not hearing any uh, rumors of uh, any other runs on any other bank. So I guess, uh, at least in the short term, that can be good news. Um, thanks. It looks like we're going to be opening up a little bit down, kind of flat, but like the Dow is down 29 points. Standard & Poor down six points ahead of the uh, opening here in a few minutes. We'll get an update from you on an hour, see how this affects the stock market, and then talk to you again tomorrow morning. Thanks, Jets. Casper and Chris on Alexa. We are News Talk KBOI. Oh, yeah. Another pair of tickets given away this morning once again for the Idaho Steelheads coming your way tonight. Chance for you to go see the game. Keep on listening. We've given away two pair. That means we have two more pair. We're giving away a pair of tickets every single hour. Another chance for you to go to the game. The Idaho Steelheads, Utah Grizzlies coming up here in the 8 o'clock hour. This is a great game to go to because if the Steelheads win, they advance, so it's joy all around. And if they don't win, it's not a tragedy because there will still be a Game 7. Yes, and that Game 7 will be at home although at that time you start to wonder yeah. is a home team ever going to if, win <laughs> if there is a game seven it means we're zero and three at home be listening in we'll have another chance for you to win coming up here eight o'clock this morning uh be ready set your speed dial if you'd like at 208-336-3700 pound 670 on your verizon wireless and then be ready to call eight o'clock hour and nine o'clock hour we have tickets um i'm guessing we're gonna have tickets if i, I don't want to 
put any bad juju on them. Uh, but if they don't win tonight, we may have tickets for you tomorrow morning also. But we do have tickets for you this morning. Keep in mind, when you do win, you have to pick up these tickets by 5 o'clock this afternoon or have somebody pick them up for you. Or Nate Shellman gets to use them. So it's not like they're going to go to waste. But anyway, keep listening for your chance to win here on News Talk KBOI. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Tra-la-la! The Florida County a Florida County pulled 20 books by best-selling author Jody Picot from school libraries. I think it is a small, very vocal group of people who are speaking out. The vast majority of folks in this country know that we should not be banning books. The American Library Association says a record 2,571 book titles were challenged for censorship in 2022 an increase of more than 1,100% in just two years. Music that you're hearing, by the way, is from the uh, movie Captain Underpants, which is surprisingly one of the uh, books in many libraries that are being censored. Now, it was probably rated NC-17, right? (laughs) I'm sure it was R or X. (laughs) Did Did you realize, Chris, Ada County Community Library Board had actually banned six books last month uh i i I have heard about that and i i heard that it uh, wasn't exactly public knowledge at the time no uh the march board meeting trustees voted to remove six books from the library's collection without noting an action item on the agenda the books that were voted to be removed from the library gender queer lawn boy all boys aren't blue out of the darkness and the bluest eye. This book is gay as also was uh, voted to be taken out of the uh, libraries. The bluest eye. The bluest eye. That's oh, one, okay. That's one that, uh, by the way, um, a lot of a lot of these books that I just mentioned are uh, a lot of the books that are being criticized. Now it ended up not happening because the board acknowledged its mistake mis- mistake in a statement last week, um, saying that. These votes are ineffective. The books discussed will remain in the library's collection pending any further action because the board did not take this under advisement in a public meeting and instead yes. did it in a which, which is a yeah, a no no violation of, right. of the rules. Library trustees had voted to remove those six books from the collection in a March because they believed that the content was harmful to minors. Series of books in the collection were read by trustees and reviewed under existing Idaho code to determine whether the contained material that fell within the current Idaho status definition of what is harmful to minors. Gotcha. The board's action came after a bill from the Idaho legislature that would have opened library staff members to misdemeanor charges for disseminating material harmful to minors. Librarians are exempt from the current law in Idaho. The bill passed the legislature, remember, but was vetoed by Governor Brad Little after the board so, uh, voted to remove the books. So what are you in for? Oh, I, I let a kid check out Captain Underpants. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless if you want to weigh in. You can also email chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com. Let's get a final check on uh, what's going on with sports this morning. Brought to you by Pork Belly and Cuna. They are open as they are every morning at 7 a.m. Don't forget they have the drive through for coffee hip drips. Whether it be hot coffee, 
Flavored coffee, iced coffee, you can always get it without getting out of your car, beginning at 7 o'clock every morning in the coffee drive through at Pork Belly in CUNA. Hey, good news for the Boise State softball team. They won their first Mountain West Championship of the 22-23 school year. And Bob Beeler has more on that for us today. The men's tennis team won its fifth Mountain West title and first since winning four straight in 2012 to 2015 by beating Utah State 4-2 Saturday. The NCAA tournament will start on Friday, and the Broncos will find out their draw later this afternoon. And the Boise State softball team beat San Diego State 9-6 to on Sunday to go 1-2 and over the weekend. The Aztecs finished conference play 16-6. and Boise State, now 14-4, and will finish with three games this weekend at Fresno State. They'll need to win two to claim the regular season title. Bob Beeler, News Talk KBOI. And if you're a Seattle sports fan, this is a pretty big one for you because the Seattle Kraken have knocked off the world champs. Seattle on the near side, foot race for the puck. Here comes Krogstrand, up the left side, walks in, scores! Oh, B, oh my, Oliver Bjorkstrand from the left circle. He rings the doorbell and in, 2-0, 38 to play in the second. Oh, do you like apples? How about them apples? The call there on KJRAM, the Kraken went on to beat the Abs by a score of 2-1. to one. I'm Rick Worthington. Download the KBOI radio app for free for your Android or Apple device. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Stock market has been open for just about 20 minutes. Dow is up 93 points as of right now. So uh, shaking off any problems that might have been coming through with the uh, Republic Bank being uh, taken over. Over Our uh, phone lines are open this morning at 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Charlie, listening at 670 AM in Nampa. Good morning. You're on News Talk KBY. Good morning, guys. So... I just want to make sure I heard you right. They're trying to get rid of Captain Underpants. Meridian was it, and not not everybody. Just you know, there were a few people trying to get rid of it because they, uh, I guess, they thought that, in some way it was obscene or something. So my son absolutely hated reading it until I got him into that series. He read every <laughs> single one of those. Wait, books. wait, wait, wait! That's cool. Wait a minute. You got your uh, yeah. son reading Captain Underpants. Captain Under the Adventures of Captain Underpants. Yeah, Charlie, about- you're a groomer. You're a groomer. You're grooming I'm your kid. Horrible, right? It doesn't sound like you I feel mean, too awfully guilty about it, though. No, it's a great series. I mean, it's about some baby who thinks he's like a superhero. He wears diaper. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But it kept him engaged, and he thought they were funny. Um, he went on to like the Diary of Wimpy Kids, or is that going to be next on the list? Because they talk about wearing bathing suits or something. They yeah, still have so- weathering heights for the high school reading list. Have you guys ever read that book? No. I've seen the it's movie. Terrible. <laughs> oh, it's horrible. It's, it's, the, movie, the movie was horrible. The book's even worse. Somebody it's has like to the explain. the opposite of what they usually say, right? The book's always better. No, the book was worse than this point. You mean in terms of, say, boredom? Oh, it's just terrible. Garfield comes into the study. and No, it's, it's terrible, <laughs> terrible, terrible book. Somebody has to explain to me um, Captain Underpants. Because, I mean, Meridian isn't the only library trying to, trying to get Captain Underpants banned uh, across the nation. I'm, Somebody has to I'm explain baffled. to me what is it that is so horrible, 
bad for your kids in the book Captain Underpants. I just now, don't now get I it. understand like banning Lieutenant Lingerie, but um, you know Captain <laughs> Underpants. So I mean, as a parent, you've obviously read the book. You encourage your your son to read it. Yeah, I. Is there anything? I, I mean, what, in your in your opinion, it. is there anything in there um, that you see that should be banned from kids reading Captain Underpants, for example? I mean, it's strictly slapstick humor, almost. I mean, it, it's completely goofy. I didn't find anything wrong with it. I didn't read every single one of the books. There's, I mean, a series of them, but I didn't find anything wrong with the the one that I read was reading with him until he decided he wanted to read them on his own. Which is kind of cool, actually. Yeah. It, it, well, and that's, that's just it, right? Like, how can, if you could keep my ADHD son, he's not, I mean, he's just a wild child. If you could keep him occupied and long enough to read an entire book, in my eyes, that's amazing. So, I mean, like I said, we bought every single one for him. Well, and you think it's amazing again, Charlie, because you're a groomer. I'm just I'm kidding. Cool. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I haven't had a haircut or shaved <laughs> my beard in like forever. So I don't know what you're talking about. Thank you, Charlie. Appreciate the he's phone. A, he's a groomer, like I'm a groomer. <laughs> yes, you're both. You're both used, non-groomers. I used, to, I used to pay a groomer sixty bucks about every other month, but uh, that's when we cared about what our dogs looked like. Uh, by the way, Captain Underpants uh, Underpants was not on the uh, Ada Community Library Board no. violated list. Now I, I am going to give you the names the, on this list again: Gender Queer, Lawn Boy, All Boys Aren't Blue, Out of the Darkness, The Bluest Eye. And the book, this book is again, gay. Again, the bluest eye was a problem. Mm-hmm. Okay. The one thing that these books all have in common have to do with the LGBTQ community in some way, shape, or form. Mentioning it, in, in other words. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, subject, subject matter of the book, and apparently some people don't want children, other people's children. They want to make that decision. Right. For their libraries. However, once again, I want to say the uh, Ada, Community, uh, Ada Community Library Board um, was pointed out to them that they violated the Idaho Open Meeting Law in deciding to ban these books behind closed doors. So um, the rule is now null and void, even though they voted to ban these oh, books. No matter what happened at the closed meeting, it, yes. doesn't, it doesn't count? D- yeah, it, because it, it was an illegal meeting, so these books are no longer banned. Mm, However, for a short time, uh, the library did ban them until it was pointed out that they had an Ill- illegal meeting. So, KBY Newstime, 756. Still on the way for you this morning. We've got uh, another pair coming up next hour. Idaho Steelheads, Utah Grizzlies, your chance to win tickets. It's every hour this morning. So we've been given away two already. Another one coming up this morning in the 8 o'clock hour and 9 o'clock hour. Also on the way, Jackson's Country Stomp. Want to win those tickets? Haven't heard our Casper and Chris damn near impossible question? Stay right where you're at. We'll give it to you to work on coming up here next. 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 
807 into the 8 o'clock hour. It is 60 degrees in downtown Boise. Warm start to your day today. Phone lines are open at 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon wireless if you want to get through and take part in the show. Always encouraged. You can also email us, Chris, at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com, and you can uh, send us a text message, same as our main number. Chuck writes in, says, when you cover stories like the library books to your audience, you sound like liberals who want to confuse and pervert our children. Why not read these books over the air and see if they pass the FCC rules? Captain Underpants is unfit for small kids. It encourages bad behavior. It teaches bad habits. It's not sexual. Not all books are bad for the same reason. That's from Chuck. Chuck, so what you're saying is if a book can't pass FCC rules, it should be banned from the library because that's not the way it works. No, it's not. And if that were the case, there would be thousands of books in every library that would be banned because if you read them on the air, the FCC would fine us. That's not that's not the level that you're trying to reach here, FCC rules. And as you know, being an American citizen and an individual, just because you don't like something doesn't mean that anything is ever going to be done about it. Another uh, point I want to make, Captain Underpants, unfit for small kids, encourages bad behavior, teaches bad habits, it's not sexual. Yeah, I, I get that. But why does somebody else get to decide what is not available for my children to read in a public library? This is a public library, keep in mind. When I went to grade school, you know what encouraged bad behavior? Other kids. <laughs> and, I, and, and I understand your thoughts on that. I tried, but I never could get them banned. Why Captain Underpants is banned... It's the most banned book in America. Captain Underpants is the most banned book in America. Our producer is giving that to us this morning. I don't. I, I don't know if you've listened to this conversation with us in the past. I don't have a problem. You know, if the library and everybody can come together and say, "All right, here are some books that we deem might be problematic for children," put them in a section that. You must have an adult letting your child check that out. I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, theater owners do it. Throwing books away or getting them out of a place, a public library. Now, if this was a private library, you can make your own decisions, but it's a public library. That's what I have a problem with. Just getting rid of books because a minority of people don't like them. A very vocal minority don't like them. Part what are of, you, the, part all of right, the freedom Nate, that we do have in Nate, this country you is, can't sit there is and, freedom of, uh, of choice. Nate Showman is filling in this morning as producer for the show because uh, Nathaniel had jury duty this yeah, morning. That's what he says. You're rolling on the ground laughing he's, he's because doing you're his, reading uh, something. civic duty right now. So I got a I got a, uh, an article here from, the, from Insider. This is an article that was printed uh, 10 years ago. All right, 2013. And it lists the reasons why Captain Underpants is, by the way, surpassed Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> Captain Underpants has been banned more than Fifty Shades of Grey. I've never read Captain Underpants, but I've read Fifty Shades of Grey many times. Offensive language in Captain Underpants. Offensive language. Um, their reference to undergarments. Uh, partial nudity, because the... Uh, Hero flies around in underpants. Uh, 
In Chapter 17, Captain Underpants slings his underwear at the evil Dr. Diaper in an attempt to defeat him and then covers himself <laughs> with a barrel. In, in violence, Chapter 16, uh, extremely graphic violence chapter. Uh, before the uh, before the chapter, it comes with the following disclaimer. Warning, the following chapter contains graphic scenes showing two boys beating the tar out of a couple of robots. If you have high blood pressure or you faint at the sight of motor oil, we strongly urge you to take better care of yourself and or stop being such a baby. For some reason, you have a great deal of robot empathy. Question for you, Chris. Yeah. What are the chances one, between one and ten? This was this was a bill vetoed by Governor Little. Mm-hmm. Chances of this coming up in the next legislative session again? Oh, 10.5. That's what I, I was going to say. An eleven. <laughs> chances of oh, one, 11. That's one just to ten. Silly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this amp goes up to eleven. Um, I I don't know if we're going to see anything more about this on a on a local level before the legislative session takes it up next year. Um, like like we said, Ada County Library Board violated Idaho Open Meeting Law, and that's the reason why the books that they had banned from the library ended up staying in the library. Now, in the article from the Idaho Statesman, they don't go on to say on whether or not they will vote again in the future in an open meeting. Like I said, this was done illegally in a closed-door session, which goes against the rules when it comes to doing things like that and banning books. So that's why it was voted on and passed, but now becomes null and void because Mm -hmm. they had violated the open meeting law. I don't know if the West Ada Community Library Board will take this up again. It'll be interesting to find out if they do, knowing now that they have to do it in in, different, in an open meeting. Different parents just have different instincts, I think. There, there are parents who uh, see something that they don't want their child exposed to, and their instinct is, keep my child away from that. There are others who see something that they don't want their child exposed to, and their instinct is, rid the world of it. You wanted to say something. I can tell. I can t- you have a light in your eye. I don't know who Harold is, but apparently Harold's gay in Captain Underpants. Harold? Harold. There, there, there's apparently references to him possibly being gay. So that would fit under the reason why a lot of people want to see that book banned. The books that I mentioned that the Ada Community Library Board wanted violated have to do with LGBTQ subjects. That, that would fit. Because, like I said, I had asked a question earlier. Why in the world is Captain Underpants one of the books that are deemed widely across the United States when these subjects come up that it's being banned? I just, I, I don't, I don't understand it. Um, yeah, it's not for small children. Um, we mentioned that the movie was rated uh, PG. But is that a reason just to take it out of completely out of the library or should it be something that maybe oversight says? Small children can't check it out. That's why it's behind this this ban this uh, right. in the 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 library shelf shelf or behind where the uh, librarian would be allowed to hand it out and check Counter. it out. Yeah, countertop. Two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred pound six seventy on your Verizon wireless. If you want to get through to us, you can also email Chris at kboi dot com, Mike at kboi dot com. Um, text message in says, "I agree with you that instead of being banned, certain books should be regulated." 
Would you be okay with that? If, you, if you're a person that is all in favor of banning these books, getting them out of public libraries, would, would it be okay with you if they were just regulated? Or is this just an all-out ban? We'll talk more about this if you wish. Once again, you can email us, call in. We'll take a break. Coming back, we have Jackson's Country Stomp tickets for you. If you can answer our Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question coming up after traffic and weather next. Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 834. Five. It is 61 degrees in downtown Boise. Still on the way this hour, as promised, we will have another pair of tickets to give away to the Idaho Steelhead Utah Grizzlies tonight. Just keep in mind, if you do win these tickets, you will be required to pick them up before 5 o'clock. If you do not pick them up before 5 o'clock, Nate Showman will use them. He's hoping you won't come by to pick them up. What's he going to use them for? I'm guessing to go to the game. Yeah, well, that's not to go to the game. He, he wants to go do some drinking. So It's a great place to do some drinking and people watching, even if you don't like hockey. We will have tickets for you once again. Tonight's game, game number six, Steelheads can wrap it up against the Utah Grizzlies if they do win tonight. If not, there will be a game seven. Who thought that we would be even at game six after they lost the first two at home? You never know. They've won three in a row in overtime, which is just crazy on the road. I I had a friend years ago who was just a huge Red Sox fan, and it was the, the 2004 American League Championship Series, and we had just watched Game 3, which the Yankees had won, to go up three games to none. And he gets up and he says, well, there's always next year. And I say, you're giving up with four games to go? And I thought I was kidding. I thought I was just being silly. Like, of course, the Yankees are going to win one of the next four games. No, nope, for the nope. first time in history in baseball, somebody was down 3 nothing and won the next four games, and the Red Sox went to the World Series and, and uh, swept that four games to none. Some emails to uh, get to on the subject we were talking about uh, here last last half hour. Um, West Ada, we had told you, uh, had basically um, banned some books uh, in their library and ended up not being able to uh, continue with that because they had uh, open meeting laws that everybody has to take part in, and uh, they had made the decision, West talking about Ada Community Library Board, they violated the open meeting law. So the books that they had banned and said it yeah. would be removed from the library are now still in the library because... Did, did they say, no, we didn't, we just held a closed open meeting? <laughs> yes. um, and no word on whether or not they would take this up again in an open meeting. My, my guess is they don't have to because of the bill in the legislature this year. Um, they said that they they took it up because they didn't want any librarians being getting in trouble, and because of the uh, the law in the uh, the bill rather in the uh, Idaho legislature this year was vetoed by Governor Little, kind of made it a moot point. Now you may have to take it up next year because I'm pretty sure that banning books and libraries is going to be brought up in the Idaho legislature uh, coming up this year, just based on the fact that they passed it overwhelmingly and governor leto uh governor little vetoed it and uh they did not vote to override the veto no. got some emails the, the, in the days of believing that once a decision has been made on something in the legislature or in the courts that it'll never come up again those days are gone mm-hmm. well i mean look how many years we had to get property taxes coming back year after year after year before they finally got something done on it 
Uh, no name on this one. An email says, I don't think it sounded like uh, Chuck. Chuck was somebody who wrote in a little bit earlier, says uh, that he wants books banned. What's wrong with a section that allows parents who want to say to their young children, choose from here, not from there? I had children, and I so dislike reading through their books before they did because I wanted to protect their innocence. You're a child for such a short time. As a child, my first exposure to sexual content in a book came from Disney, of all places, not their classic fairy tales, by the way. Did he mention which one? Didn't mention which one. Says, my opinion, protect children, read garbage when they're older. Arkansas, this is from uh, James and Boise. Says Arkansas Governor Huckabee Sanders signed a bill that made schools and public libraries criminally liable for giving claim to be obscene material to minors. If that sounds familiar, it's because Idaho lawmakers tried to do the same thing the last two sessions. Governor Little vetoed this uh, law this year. There will, there will bill, I think they mean will be another bill. Next legislative session, Little told reporters, before that surfaces, lawmakers should work with librarians to see what we can do collectively to not have to come back through this. Senate President Chuck Winder, who co-sponsored this year's bill, said that there is probably a reasonable solution, but he doesn't know what it is. Let us allow the trained professional librarians handle the ages some books can be made available. Yeah. LGBT life and books are not going away, even if misguided well, Republican politicians want them to. And, of course, a lot of the definitions are, are difficult. Simply, I mean, how one person defines obscenity is not how somebody else does. Is it an obscenity? I mean, it was an obscenity in the early part of last century if a woman had bare ankles. And uh, when, when women said, I don't care about this, and they started wearing bathing suits that, you know, that were, you could see their calves and their ankles, uh, the policeman would write them a ticket. Yeah. For obscenity. And this is something we've talked about in conversations with this going on for the last six, eight months, year. Who gets to be the person that defines what's obscene? Do you put one person? Is that obscene policeman? You know, the movie the movie industry did that in the 1930s. They, they created a thing called the Hayes Office just because it was run by a guy named Hayes. And basically he decided what should and shouldn't be in the movies uh, if if you see movies from the early 30s, they uh, go into every subject possible. I mean, you name a subject that might be taboo today, and movies in the you know early 30s uh, had something about them. Uh, by the late 30s, all of that stuff was completely gone from movies, and also married couples slept in separate beds. That was that there, but there's another perfect example of what what it could be deemed obscene before that isn't now mm-hmm. in movies and television shows. Married couples sleeping in the same bed. Mm-hmm. First ones to uh, do it on, on television? Flintstones. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and by do it, I mean sleep in the same bed. So, I, I mean, under that heading, once again, who gets to decide? Are, I mean, are you going to be perfectly fine with a group of people deciding what gets to be in a library, what doesn't get to be in a library? Who gets to decide who those people get to be? Is this something that will be voted on, like county commissioners? I just think, I mean, if if you have children and you don't want them to see something, steer them away from it. Tell them that if they see something similar to that, not to pay attention to it. Tell them why. Be honest with them. Tell them you don't want to expose them to things like that. Tell them that that's for grown-ups and you don't need to know about it. We, you know, have told our kids that all the time. Like, they'd ask us a question and we'd say, well, that's for grown-ups. You know, we'll tell you when you're older, but we don't want to talk about it right now. Just be honest with them. And once again, I don't want to sit there and belittle the fact that I think that 
I, I am not the type of person that thinks that kids should be re- able to read whatever they want, whenever they want. That's not what I'm saying here. But I don't think that you have to either destroy or ban books from a public library just based on you because you don't think that they somebody else's kids should be read them. Now, you may think that your kids shouldn't be reading them, and that's perfectly fine. But there's got to be a better way than just getting rid of the books. Dan in Fruitland, listening on uh, 93.1 FM. Thanks for being patient. You're on News Talk KBY. Hi. Uh, I just kind of wanted to speak to the books banning, um, I guess. Uh, I feel like a lot of the people on the side of censoring them uh, aren't being consistent in their argument. They're the same people that want the same freedom better for firearms. I think what we agree on both is there should be a common ground on both. We should be able to regulate firearms and regulate, you know, different topics for children. But the problem is the people in charge are just politically grandstanding most of the time. So there is common solutions that most people can agree on, but the people in charge don't want them to agree because then they lose a lot of their power. So that's kind of the issue we have here. A lot of people calling in are making good solutions, but none of the people in charge have those solutions to happen. That's kind of my take. Thank you, Dan. Appreciate it. A lot of it has to do with just a, a very simple rule that if if you're a parent, don't give your kids more than they can handle. Introduce them to things. Teach them, but don't give them anything more than they can handle without a little introduction or a little a little help. You know, don't say uh, to, to a six-year-old, well, now that you've learned to read, here's some adult books. And the same as, uh, hey, you're five years old, here's a loaded gun. Uh, there, there's a time to... Uh, get introduced into uh, weapons and guns and things like that. And it's not necessarily to say, uh, you know, hey, go out there and show these other kids your loaded gun. I mean, that, that, I mean that's, that's a stupid example, but just don't do it. You, 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 don't, uh, you don't introduce people to something that they're not ready for. Paul in Nampa, listening on 670 AM. Good morning to you. Good morning. Yeah, I think the banning part should come later. I, I think that there's not got to be some kind of reading vetting process done primarily by maybe a consortium of parents, um, city people, some people from uh, the LGBT community, and I think also from the churches around different denominations of different kinds of of religious um places of of uh, praise or whatever you call it. Um, I think that that way everybody gets a say on what they think they would find objectionable or permissible. And if they do find them to be objectionable, then don't take them out of the library. You don't want to ban them because they become a book banner, which is like burning witches. You don't, you don't want to become one of those. But um, if you have, as you mentioned, a group of people making a decision whether or not to keep libraries, you know, keeping books in libraries, isn't that still banning books? It's just that now you have a group of five people that are making the decision instead of one no, person. No, because it would be a larger group than just five people. I think you're going to have to be very inclusive in the, on this. So how, how many? The, 10, 15, 20, 100? How many people yeah. make the decision? I think that that could be determined by by the people that would be selected to be on that 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 group, and and I think that other people that are in the group could nominate other people to be in the group. The only thing that bothers me about the whole thing is 
let's say that I write a book because I have an idea no one's ever had before. And I put this idea forward and I write this book and everybody decides that, no, I, I don't like your idea. So we're never going to have your book in the library. We're never going to let people check out your book, things like that. Uh, see, that's that's completely against the Constitution right there. Yeah, yeah. And, and I agree. I agree to some extent on that. And if that's the case, then that book needs to be inclusive in the library as well. But it needs to be in a sectioned off coordinated area if it's going to be objectionable to the parents as far as like like um, a like a room called possible uh, dangerous ideas <laughs> well in, in a sense yeah putting some humor in on that yeah i understand what you're saying but we we had that section in our bookstore and, and it was a an area that used to be an old vault that that didn't lock it didn't close it had doors but it, it had the 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 books that were for art and they had nudes in there so that you could learn how to draw nudes for an art class in high school. Mm -hmm. And and so that would be objectionable today. I'm sure if it was in on that, but nevertheless, it was still, yeah, I remember the bookstores in our our town, they'd have like a photography section and, uh, you know, there'd be kids over there reading the photography books who never had any intention of ever owning a camera. Thank you for the call, Paul. Appreciate it. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Need to take a break. Want to weigh in? Phone lines are open. You can also email us, chris at kby.com, mike at kby.com. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 853-208-336-3700-1-800-529-5264. It's toll-free if you want to get through from wherever you're listening this morning. You can also, if you have a Verizon wireless phone, just simply hit pound 670. You can also email us, chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com. Email in from EA, if that is your real name. Uh, I work at a public it's, library. It's in, it's in the game. There is a library bill of rights that would be worth a read. What people don't understand is if you start banning books or pulling books off the shelf, where does it stop? Public library is supposed to be a diverse collection that is for everyone. Like you said, who decides what's offensive? We all want to protect our freedoms in this country. Freedom of speech is vital. I think the use of common sense as a parent, I've raised five kids in Idaho, being aware of what they are reading, and even more important, what they are watching on phones, tablets, TVs, is part of being a parent and being involved. All the best to you both, EA. I'm sorry, that makes way too much sense. <laughs> so we... Matter of fact, we should ban that. I was just going to say, it it makes so much sense (laughs) that we are banning you from ever emailing us ever again. No, we're not. (laughs) Being sarcastic, by the way. Kidding, we are. Yes, yes, we are. Um, This isn't something that's going to be solved anytime soon. You're going to continue to see more and more of these bannings take place. Um, We've got Governor Brad Little, who's going to be on with us coming up here live Thursday morning at 9 o'clock. This is one of the questions we'll be asking him about because it is a bill that he vetoed. We're going to ask him why he vetoed this bill, if he's necessarily, maybe he might be for it, or if there were problems with the bill that he had. Um, But we'll find that out Thursday morning. So just want to uh, give you a programming note that uh, Thursday morning we'll have him on here at 9 o'clock. He has also agreed to uh, take your questions for a short time on Thursday morning. It's the first time I think we've ever 
been able to do that. We're, not that we've been able to with ask the, questions the, for people, but with, you're going to be able to call in. With the governor himself? You mean? Yeah, with the governor himself. So uh, that'll be coming up here Thursday morning, once o'clock, uh, once again at nine o'clock. Another thing I want to uh, talk about here this morning. We talked, we brought this up a little bit earlier, and I'm just curious about your input on this. Um, during the pandemic, students around the nation became eligible for free school menus, regardless of their family income, regardless if their family could afford right. it. Just everybody, and federal not, money poured it's, in. It's not just the menu. They get to eat the food. Too. Yes. Right. Um, money poured in, and you got to have free lunches. Well, that money, of course, is dried up. We no longer have a COVID emergency. Um, but there are a lot of kids who are not getting to eat lunch if it wouldn't be for the yeah. fact that these lunches and were they got, continuing to be paid for. During COVID, they got used to eating, and they'd like to keep doing it. Now, West Ada School District, for example, currently owes around $60,000 for school lunches, according to Ken Hyde, communications marketing specialist at West Ada School District. Currently owes $60,000. These are they're, they're still feeding these people, but the money isn't being paid for uh, right now, except it's coming in the form of donations. Charity donations from organizations across the Treasure Valley. Now, in those, about 60% of the total owed has been covered so far. My question to you as we go into the top of the hour, and would love to hear you weigh in on this, because I don't, I don't think anybody wants to see somebody, a kid, go hungry because they can't afford to pay for lunch, or their parents can't afford to pay for lunch. So my question to you is, is this something that we, as citizens, should be paying for? Should we make sure that every kid in a public school gets to eat lunch? Should we be paying for that with our tax dollars? 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Your Google Play, simply say, hey Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 905-208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless, 1-800-529-5264. Toll free from wherever you might be listening. You can also email us uh, this morning if you want, mike at kbui.com and chris at kbui.com. The White House Correspondents' Dinner was this weekend. Comedian Roy Wood was the uh, MC. Happy to be here. Oh, real quick, Mr. President, I think you left some of your classified documents up here. You can get the... Yeah, no, don't give them to him. I'll put him in a safe place. He don't know where to keep them. I'm a... <laughs> but y'all look good, though. I've been, I've been watching and looking around all night. Y'all look good. You dress nice. You got the nice threads on. You got the jewelry glistening. Look like everybody got a little piece of that settlement money from Fox News. <laughs> and that's all I have to say about that. Because I'm not going to have dominion on my ass. <laughs> I love dominion. Matter of fact, let me just say right now. My favorite voting machine is... <laughs> Dominion voting machines. When I go to the polls, I make sure it is a Dominion machine that I use. If your election needs the truth, put Dominion in your booth. That would be the best line of the night. Um, President uh, Biden also, uh, he's got joke writers uh, too, apparently. After all, I believe in the First Amendment. Not just because my good friend Jimmy Madison wrote it. <laughs> He's doing Reagan material. In a lot of ways, this dinner sums up my first two years in office. 
I'll talk for 10 minutes, take zero questions, and cheerfully walk away. <laughs> you might think I don't like Rupert Murdoch. That's simply not true. How could I dislike a guy who makes me look like Harry Styles? <laughs> you say I'm ancient. I say I'm wise. You say I'm over the hill. Don Lemon would say that's a man of his prime. <laughs> Um, I, I wanted to play uh, uh, Joe Biden talking there. Um, CNN's Scott Jennings called out President Biden after making that joke about never taking questions from the media mm-hmm. on the uh, during the dinner. He said, and I'm quoting here, on Biden, the line that will stick with me is in a lot of ways, the dinner sums up my first two years in office. I'll talk for 10 minutes, take zero questions, and cheerfully walk away. Jennings said during a panel discussion, said for journalists in the room, he wasn't laughing with you. He was laughing at you. Well, no, six one half dozen the other. (laughs) It's going to be interesting to watch over the next year and a half. How many questions will he have to start taking from the press? Will, will, Will he have to open up a little bit more than he has for the first two years as he starts the I, campaign, or I will he continue to just like, not take questions? Like every president before him, he'll take as many as he wants to and ignore the ones he doesn't like. Well, right now he's ignoring not of questions. He's just ignoring the press conference completely. Eh, right, they told me I couldn't ask questions. I don't want to get in trouble. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. So we were uh, going to uh, break. West Ada. Right now, um, owes around $60,000 for school lunches, according to Ken Hyde, communications and marketing specialist at West Ada School District. Now, this is just specifically West Ada School District. Now, thanks to community members and businesses and organizations, the district has currently collected uh, about 60% of that total owed. Some of the bigger organizations who are making donations include group like Sensi, Group One, Sotheby's Realty, Boise Valley Scottish Rite, Cathedral of the Rockies, and uh, Blimpy. People who generally have a lot of community involvement. Yeah. Now, in the past, Cincy, for example, has made donations to organizations like Feeding America and state food banks in an effort to minimize food security. But this time, this year, Cincy has said they were interested in making sure that the food went directly to the children, and that's why they've changed their donations up a little bit and making them directly to the West Ada School District to help pay off some of the funds. They do this around the country, by the way. Uh, They've donated $105,000 to school districts' lunch debt around the nation. $105,000? $105,000 $105,000? $105,000 is what they've donated around the, past the nation. Year. Yeah. Hmm. My question my question is I I don't think anybody wants to see kids and this this all began kind of when covid began um because there were federal monies passed around left and right various organizations various things like school lunch menus to make sure that everybody not just low income kids in school Everybody got to eat. Now, that money is since then dried up, but there are still people, apparently, who want to eat, and schools are not turning them away. Is this something, should we be making sure that kids, and I'm talking taxpayers, because right now we're not doing that. Right now, the school just covers the cost and, I guess, keeps their fingers crossed in hopes that organizations will come through and through community involvement, that they get these paid off. We, we've seen in the past some other school districts here in the Treasure Valley who have had 
school lunch deficits and they through a grassroots effort have raised money to help pay for some of those liabilities that have been built up through kids getting fed when they're hungry so as part of a public school is this is this something that as a taxpayer you think should be a responsibility in addition to the public schools i'm just curious what your thoughts are on something like this is is this is this running the way it should and then you just count on you know the public donating money to cover the cost for these kids or is this something that See, I feel like it's should kind of, be covered it's kind of situational uh it it, it to, to me it depends a lot on how much of a problem it actually is are i mean it, do you have a school district where you have like 75% of the kids are showing up at school having not eaten anything and with no chance to eat anything until after school. Uh, would it make sense to provide them with some, uh, you know, a couple of uh, nutritious meals? It probably would. Uh, on the other hand, if it's a, a school district where, you know, pretty much everybody has plenty to eat, then don't worry about it. Yeah. It doesn't say, by the way, in this article, it's it, it, the school district currently owes around $60,000. doesn't say how long it took them to get to that $60,000, how many kids are yeah, like, having to be fed every day through the like school lunch a, program. Is that like a month? What is that? But $60,000 sounds like quite a bit of quite well, a bit of money, sure. right? And and if the school doesn't have it budgeted for, that, it's not something that they can pay for, even though they have been kind of paying for it just by allowing the uh, kids to be able to eat. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Like I said, I I, I don't know. It, it, there's not necessarily a right or wrong answer in this particular instance. You know, different school districts are going to be uh, different statewide. West Ada is one of the, if not the biggest school district. I think it might be the biggest school district um, in the state. So they're probably going to see this problem on, on a wider basis than a lot of other school districts, especially in some of the smaller school districts across the state. But is this is this something that you think that should be a part of the public school curriculum? Uh, maybe not curriculum is not the right word. Something that they should be responsible for with, with tax dollars. Yeah. And, and here's here's the reason I ask. Is, is this our problem or is yeah. this not our problem? This, is, this, this, like I said, would be something that when you say, oh, no, it should be covered. I'm specifically answering, should, should it be covered with your tax dollars? Because right now there's not a budget for it, or it would be being covered. Should it be something that your tax dollars pay? 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, we'll take a break. If you want to get through, uh, make sure and email us, chris at kby.com, mike at kby.com. As we go to ba- break, I promised we were going to give away uh, four tickets this morning. I, I forgot right before 8 o'clock. These are your 8 o'clock tickets to the Idaho Steelheads. We still have two pair of tickets we're giving away. Right now, though, if you want to go to the Idaho Steelheads game tonight, caller number six, these tickets are yours. Keep in mind, it is for tonight's game, and if you win the tickets, you have to pick them up here at our studios before five o'clock today or nate shellman will use them and go to the game himself for free tonight caller number six 208-336-3700 pound 670 on your verizon wireless those tickets are yours the great one mark levin tonight at seven now back to mike casper and chris walton this is casper and chris live and local on news talk kboi 
Congratulations going out to Nick Edward of Meridian. He was calling number six, picked himself up a pair of tickets to tonight's game. Uh, the Idaho Steelheads taking on the Utah Grizzlies game six of their game seven game series. Uh, by the way, if they win tonight, series is over. Steelies win. If they uh, lose, they uh, will get to go for a game seven tomorrow night once again here at home. We've got one more pair of tickets before 9 o'clock that we'll give away uh, here. To just keep listening. Be ready to call 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Lock in your speed dial if you want. Chance to win that coming up here in just a little bit. Talking once again, taking your phone calls and emails this morning uh, about the uh, problem that we're having with specifically West Ada. $60,000 is owed as of right now in meals. And it's owed by parents. By by parents, Or yes. by students, depending on how you look Right. Now, the school, even though someone is it comes in, a student comes in and is not able to pay, or their parents are not able to pay, a, they are still allowed to eat. Right. And they just charge that parent, even though they might not be able to pay. About 60% of that $60,000 owed has been uh, recovered uh, from community organizations. Yeah, from charity, donations. Yeah, that are making donations into it. And our question this morning, once again, just want to ask you if you think that in this day and age, when it comes to uh, public schools, is this something that a public school should be furnishing for the students? Meals currently not a part of something that taxpayers pay for. Or is this, you know, what makes us a nanny state? We have to take care of every little problem that you might mm-hmm. have. So I'm just curious. Your, On the other hand, your thoughts. Basically, I, I mean, it's, it's not bad in, in terms of nutrition anyway. Uh, looking out for the ones whose parents, uh, you know, can't get the job done. Wayne writes in, there are already programs available for families that cannot afford to feed their children in school. Resources are not a hurdle at this time. However, it is the parents' responsibility to provide for the care of their children that they produce physically, emotionally, and intellectually. And we should encourage that. There is nothing noble about getting anyone dependent on government handouts. And he's got a, a bit of a point there. It's, it's not good to necessarily have to be dependent on something that you should be encouraged to do for yourself. But, on the other hand, there's really nothing wrong with, uh, you know, a little help. Mm-hmm. And, and, and this, is, this is why I asked this question. It's like, you know, you, you, as you just said, it, it, there's nothing wrong with encouraging people to take care of their own, right? However, in this particular instance, how, how do you force that child to do that? Because it's the child that's not going to get out and get a job. Right. It's the child that's going hungry, but it's not the child that is the one that At you fault. say, yeah, it's like, hey, you need to go out and get yourself a job. If you can't afford to pay for you know, your school lunch, it's not the kid. It's the parents that are not able to afford it. Mm-hmm. Alan what's, and, what's the verse about the sins of the father? Yeah. Alan and Eagle, listening on 670 AM this morning. Good morning, Alan. Hey, good morning, man. Hey, you you used the right phrase just a second ago, dependency. First of all, the hundreds of thousands of kids that are crossing the border every year now with parents that don't have a lot of wherewithal at all, they need help. And you're going to have to feed the kids. What's bad is this 
current government is creating a whole new class of folks that are going to be dependent on the government for a long time. They're always going to be dependent on the government. A lot of the folks coming across the border are low-skilled or no-skilled, and the jobs that they're going to be getting aren't going to be paying a lot. Imagine them trying to find an apartment in downtown Boise or an apartment in Meridian, and they've got four kids, and the best they can do is a job at McDonald's or a job somewhere where they're making $18, $20 an hour. That's not going to cut it. And it's not the kids' fault that our government is allowing millions of them across the border. We have to feed them, and we have to take care of them. That's, that's, I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm Roman Catholic, and we've got to take care of them. I don't like it that it's being forced on us by this current government, but we can't turn our backs on them. All right, so answer the question this morning that I had for you. Do you think it should be the responsibility of taxpayers to pay for the kids in school right now that aren't able to pay for their lunches. Their parents are not able to pay for their lunches. Right now, it's not taxpayer responsibility. There are some people that think it should be. Should it be? Well, <laughs> when you say that it isn't, in actuality, it really is. All how, those people so? coming across the border, they're, no, they're, I'm talking, they're being provided. I'm, I'm specifically talking here. I, I understand you're talking about the border. I'm specifically okay. talking. Okay. West, we're talking okay. West Data School District. They owe sixty. Okay. Or they have um, $60,000 deficit in their lunch program right now because of children that they are feeding who can't, whose parents can't pay. Okay. Let, let me answer it this way. The, yes, we should provide breakfast and lunch for those kids because they're probably not getting any breakfast. And if they don't get any lunch, uh, I agree with your partner. How good are they really going to be in class with the stomach growling and they're very, very hungry? All right. I mean, they've got to be fed. They've got to be fed. But ask yourself uh, I, I, one question you haven't answered, and maybe you can find out from the school district. Why all of a sudden is this happening? Is it because of the influx of hundreds of thousands of undocumented children coming across the border? And the problem, by the way, it's going to get worse. It's going to get much worse before it gets better. Thank you for the call. Appreciate well, there, it, Alan. There was a time in this country when the prevailing thought was, your kids are not my problem. And also, there, were a, 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 there was a lot larger percentage of parents who wouldn't think of not feeding their kids in the morning because it was disgraceful. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Got to take a break. we got news coming up here next. If you're on the line, Susan, Jerry, Carly, stay right where you're at. I promise we're going to get to you coming up after news. If you want to get through, we got one line open, or you can email us. Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com. Casper and Chris on Alexa. We are News Talk KBOI. 933, he's Chris Walton, I'm Mike Casper. Phone line's open, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Once again, taking your phone calls, your emails uh, here over the last couple of sec- uh, segments. West Ada School uh, came out with a news story here recently that they currently owe around $60,000 for school lunches. The school does, because they continue to feed children who are in need of getting a lunch but no, they don't have words, the money yeah, they're, they're over budget by that much because they've given away lunches 
that sh- should have been paid for by parents, right? right? Okay. Now, they, they've got a lot of donors who have helped to pay about 60% of this $60,000 off. Once again, this is just West Aided School District. And I just wanted to get your thoughts on, is this something that should be included in public schools when it comes to paying our taxes for public schools? No right or wrong answer. I'm just curious because I don't think anybody except for heartless people, would say, no, it's okay if a kid goes without eating all day long. I don't think you have to be necessarily heartless. There, there are people who simply have the philosophy that you don't do things for people that they should be able to do themselves. And Because if you do, it's, you know, it, it harms them uh, more than it helps them. On the other hand, when you're starving, food helps you. So should an eight-year-old have to go get themselves a damn job to feed themselves? Again, probably not. Email in, uh, no name on this, says stop feeding the kids and quit with the lie about parents who can't afford to feed their children. We are no longer a moral people. The majority of our citizens, if there is a free handout, will take it. I don't, I don't think that's necessarily true. So there's no such thing <clears throat> as a moral majority? It's actually an immoral majority? If you stop the handouts, most, if not all, of our children will be fed by their parents the way it should be. Our government wants all children supported by the government like, so that like they that can part. one day tell us they are not your children, they belong to us, and then you will lose all your rights to your own children. I like that part. Most, if not all. Well, it's the if not all that we're kind of worried about. You know, the ones that do slip through the cracks. So there's somebody with a big no, big fat no for tax dollars not going to uh, pay for kids eating in schools who can't af- whose parents can't afford it. Uh, Janice Cuna, thanks for being patient, listening on 670 AM this morning. Uh, good morning to you. Good morning. I just wanted to do a little math, math problem, and I'm not very good at math. But I have three grandchildren going to school, and it's $4 a day. To eat lunch at school, I think. So that's twelve dollars a day, forty-eight bucks a week. So you're looking at about two hundred bucks a month um, for the kids to eat at school five days a week. Somebody's charging right? four dollars a day for like grade school lunches. Yeah, sounds, I'm pretty sure sounds, that's what it is. Sounds about right. So. I mean, when I was, what was I, it going, hold on, just, just a second, sorry to interrupt you, Janice. What, do you remember what it was when you were going to school? It was 30 cents. Or it was 35 cents probably. when I was going to school, yeah. Yeah, it, it probably was. So when you're just talking all free school lunches, but when you break it down into the math, that's quite a bit of money a month for parents to come out, and that's with three kids, so some people have more. Yeah, exactly. And, but if those kids weren't going to school, they would still have to eat at home, right? And it would probably cost more than $4 a meal. Well, it's a good deal, but I just think kids need to eat in order to learn. So it it would be a good investment. A lot of that food does come from the federal government. And I just think maybe we should do, find a way that kids can eat at school. So you're okay with tax dollars. Your tax dollars well, going to feed she already, gave, she already gave the argument on that, which is if it's a good investment in the community and you know makes things better in the long run, then it's probably okay. Probably okay or is okay? No, I'm not going to go out on a limb. Um, <laughs> I think we spend a okay. lot of money. I think the government spends a lot of our tax money on things that are a lot less valuable than that. Okay. I guess that's what I would think. So, so once again, I want to get you specifically, is it okay? Your tax dollars are now going to pay extra 
for kids to make sure that whose parents can't afford to feed them in school get that. Are, you're okay with that? That's what I want to get. Yes, I okay. am. Okay. I am. I like what it's she was. Investment. I, like, right. I like what she was driving at there too. Of all the things the government wastes money on, so you want to take free lunch away from some little poor kids? It just makes it sound like we're cruel. Thank you for the call. Well, they're not taking it away. They would need to add it. You bet. Yeah, they're not taking it away. Um, it's currently not being given a by, of, by the government. Well, a lot of places it is, though. Well, it is by the schools, but somebody still has to pay for it. The government and our tax dollars right now are not paying for it. Should our tax dollars pay for it? That's the question I'm asking today. Carly in Nampa, thanks for being patient. You're on News Talk KBOI. Thank you. Good subject today. Um, I think I, I agree with the previous caller. I think the kids, you have to be a big picture. Children aren't going to learn if they're hungry. But I think that there's other ways to maybe go about finding sponsorships to help with that. Um, I understand that everybody has responsibility for their own children. But I also think, you know, where we're at, we're a really uh, fortunate area. Uh, we can certainly come together to solve this. And I did the math, too. I didn't realize that it was $4 a day. I was thinking maybe $1.35 a day. And it breaks down to roughly 250 lunches a day uh, during the school year that haven't been paid for. And I think as a community, we come together to provide Thanksgiving dinners. We provide come together to provide bicycles. We certainly could do something. Well, and I, I like that idea, too. I like the idea that you get people, as they are doing you know, now, to simply sponsor them. Uh, free lunch brought to you by I mean, anywhere you can advertise, right? Yeah. Thank you for the call, Carly. Uh, appreciate it. Um, good Lord, blaming illegals for all the local issues is getting old. Have you actually walked through a high school in Meridian, Rocky Mountain, Mountain View, Hawaii? The amount of uh, brown kids in the hall is minuscule in the state of Idaho. The outstanding lunch debt in West Ada is not due to illegals. This excuse was a joke. He's talking about a uh, previous caller yeah, we had callers, right? a little bit earlier this morning. Jerry and uh, Eagle listening on 670 AM. Thank you for being patient this morning. You're on News Talk KBY. Good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. I, uh, you know, over the weekend I read uh, about this situation in the Statesman and the Idaho Press, and now you guys are talking to it today. And I, you know, I, I'm maybe I'm a conspiracy theorist, but considering that today is the uh, uh, the first day of early voting for the West Ada uh, uh, $500 million levy, uh, they, they, the, the you guys and the, and the newspapers are out with this woe is me story about hungry kids and we got to have sympathy and all of that. But, you know, the West Ada School District got $138 million in its rainy day fund. They've got um, uh, the, the, the legislature just gave them $15 million. They've got over $50 million of federal funds from COVID and other funds that they haven't spent yet. $60,000 is chicken feed. And we elect the school board to to deal with these kind of problems. I think that that all of this commotion about uh, about hungry kids is is a is a tactic to get people's sympathy up to vote to approve this levy. And I think you guys took the bait. 
I think you're right. You are a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> I, and, and by the way, I'm not. I, I'm not saying one way or the other that this should be done. I'm just curious what people's thinking is because you're right. I mean, this has been a story that was out this weekend in both the newspapers that you mentioned. So, um, I, I was just simply stating the question: Are we responsible well, was, for making sure kids board. fed? get fed whose parents can't afford to feed them or should we just cut that completely off or are you okay continuing with what the way it's going i'm, I'm okay with with feeding hungry kids and it's uh, i want the school board to make the decision on this i was on the school board in washington state and that's a school board decision that that's why we elect them so um you know and, and when it comes to the money it, we're talking chicken feed here and a kid can't learn if they're hungry uh, and, and, but but uh, so you know if if we've got a, uh, a situation where we got hungry kids, they're not going to learn. So let's feed them All right. and let the schools pay for it. I'm fine with that. All right. So when you say schools pay for it, that means tax dollars. That means you. That means me. That's right. Okay. I just want to be specific. That's right. Okay. And, and, and if people if people don't like it, they can uh, vote out the, who's on the school board yeah. that approved it. All right. Thank you. I mean, you know what happens? The kids don't get anything to eat. By the afternoon, they get confused. They start checking the wrong books out of the library. I mean, it's just complete chaos. And by the way, this music just makes me want to adopt a dog. Uh, Nate Shulman is filling in for Nathaniel as our producer this morning. You're a horrible human being. Uh, Susan in uh, Caldwell, thank you for being patient. Good morning. You're on Newstalk KBOI. Oh, hi. I just think it's so ironic, going back to these other callers, I am in the Caldwell School District, a much poorer school district. I didn't see any poor as me story for them. I mean, West Ada is not in a poor community. What they are in is is an overpriced real estate community. And we do have a study from Boise State two months ago where they dived into the 2010 to 2020 censuses to see how housing is overpriced in our state. And they came up with this whopping figure that 68% of households in our state are paying too much for their housing, which means they don't have money to pay for food and transportation. So that might be part of the problem in West Ada as opposed to illegal aliens. I'm just saying. All right. So the question we've been asking this morning, and those are great points. We appreciate that. Are you in favor of your tax dollars going to be used for making sure that kids who have parents who can't pay for their school lunches get them paid for by tax dollars as a last resort yes but if you're looking for possible sponsors i suggest we look at the real estate community i know how much housing cost in this state 40 years ago 30 years ago 20 years ago and now it's just ridiculous and i think real estate which has its fingers in all of our political campaigns, that community can possibly subsidize West Ada if that's necessary. Well, and I'm glad you brought that up because uh, specifically one of them mentioned in the article is uh, Group 1 Sotheby's Realty has been donating to make sure that uh, these is it $60,000, up to $60,000 is uh, being paid off by donations from their group. They're, they're one of the groups that have been she donating. She makes a good point. I mean, Casper, you, do you know anybody from the National Association of Realtors? I, uh, I, knew a, I know a couple of them. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thank you for the call, Susan. Appreciate it. Thanks.
I know she's uh, given to uh, schools in feeding people in the past. I don't know if she's given specifically to. But has she made a, a you know a major inspiring speech telling other? Uh, uh, <laughs> that I don't think she has. Real realtors that it's a good idea. Uh, we'll take a break here. Final segment on the way. If you want to get through 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Once again, just asking the question, um, with the uh, deficit, specifically in West Ada that we're talking about, there are other school districts, of course, who also have had uh, deficit when it comes to feeding the kids. Uh, the money has to come from someplace, uh, and it doesn't come from taxpayers as of right now. Should it? That's our question. No right or wrong answer. Just curious what you think uh, with West Ada announcing that they have $60,000 that has not been paid for and has been paying, being paid for by charitable donations from businesses across Treasure Valley. Your thoughts to weigh in. Final chance to do it coming up next. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. See if you want if you want to make people feel sorry, you, you put it to music. I don't know if people feel more sorry for this or if the one earlier, to, Sarah McLaughlin. What you do is get together a, a room full of people who have enough money that they could basically band together and solve the problem themselves. Email in Mike at KBY.com. Good morning, Mike. Free lunches for all? Hell no. Free stuff is how liberals are buying our people into the idea of communism. That's Fred in council. I guess he's a no on uh, tax dollars going for school lunches. Matt Middleton, thank you for being patient. You're on News Talk KBY. Good morning to you. Good morning, gentlemen. I have a solution to this. I think we should take whatever deficit is left over and take it right off the top of the administrator's salaries that are in charge of the board. And then that should take care of the deficit right there. Then this way, when it comes up again next year, they'll have an idea and figure it out before they, before it gets taken out of their salaries. The board members themselves, you mean? Yep, the okay. board members themselves. All right. They're taxpayer-funded, too. So my, I'm, I'm just reading into this, but I don't want to put words in your mouth. You're against taxpayer dollars going to so, pay these lunches. Well, technically, I'm, I'm already using my tax taxes to pay their salaries, so why not take it from their salaries and redistribute it, uh, and then they'll get more of a concern to fix the problem instead of letting it become a, an issue down the road. All right. So punish the administrators. Got it? Thank you, Matt. Appreciate yep. the call. Sheila, Sheila wrote in and uh, says, I suspect the parents just don't pay and no one is making them. They probably have their nails done and cell phones, etc. cetera. Uh, there are, however, I, I will point out, there are people who can't afford things not because they misuse their money, but because they simply don't have any. Jerry, Cuna, listening on 670 AM. Good morning to you. Hi, good morning. Thanks for taking my call. I got, uh, how about the money that they're going to pay back these education or the kids with their student loans? That would be a heck of a lot of money that they could pay in there and feed families. You might even be able to go there and sit down and have something with your grandson free. 
I, uh, another thought of it is, too, didn't uh, the, the Democrats uh, pass the legislation that uh, gave all those unions back in California and New York money that, that they lost in their uh, uh, retirement program because of the union bosses that stole their money away from them? They got a big chunk there. Why didn't they put that into the education department? Well, you also brought up the fact about cell phones, uh, cigarettes, some of the other things that people use. If the family's got money to buy that, then they shouldn't qualify for free lunches. But if you've got people that can't afford them, like you said, definitely. I mean, I, I hate the thought of anybody going hungry. But you take uh, not only your school lunches during the school, they provide them sometimes in the summertime. And no school else is going. Right. Nothing's going on at the school except for the lunch program for mm-hmm. kids that can't afford it. Around here, yeah, so there are anyways, a lot of schools that do that. You're right. Just a couple thoughts. Uh, I don't know. I'm not for I The government should do more as far as govern what needs to be taken care of, and I don't think that's one of them. All right. Thank you for the call. Uh, Teresa, we got about 30 seconds here. I just wanted to, to say something about what was said just before. He said that there are people that do need it. And the problem is we've got too many people that are taking advantage of the situation that don't need it. And that's why the ones that do need it don't get the help. All right. Um, I've I've watched the system. And I'll ask you the question before I let you go. Taxpayer dollars paying for school lunches, yes or no? No. All right. Thank you for the call. 208-336-3700. We're done, by the way, uh, taking your phone calls on that. But... As promised, I have a pair of tickets, one more pair of tickets. Tonight's game, Idaho Steelheads taking on the Utah Grizzlies. Game six, win, and they move on to the next round, lose, and they move on to tomorrow night. If you'd like to go, just keep in mind you have to pick up these tickets before 5 o'clock at our studios today. Caller number six right now, 208-336-3700. Nate will continue this conversation this afternoon. Specifically, he will have the heartless take on this conversation coming up this afternoon want to know what that means listen in after three o'clock and find out we're done for the day 20 hour break we'll be back tomorrow